Namaste. As always, the Divine Mother teaches us the law of life and the way of living. So, there is a beautiful prayer. All prayers are beautiful. I mean, this adjective at some point becomes uh, meaningless. We can only say beautiful prayer, more beautiful prayer, most beautiful prayer, super beautiful prayer. But who are we to really understand? Because each prayer is unique. Now, the prayer we are going to read today is prayer of March 4th. No, prayer of March 27th. She is on board the ship. 25th. No, March. So it is the prayer of March 7th. Yes. It's the prayer of March 7th, 1914. When she is on board the ship Kaga Maru. It's a Japanese company. So even when she came from Shillong, she came on the same ship. It's the name of the company. So she is on board that ship to travel. So where is she traveling? She is coming to Pondicherry. Now, there is an event that takes place, which is referred here. That event is described elsewhere. So when she was traveling in the ship, suddenly the ship went through a turbulence and storm. So it was very threatening. And everybody, oh, what may happen, what may happen? So the mother went inside her cabin. She shut herself in. She was lying on a cot and then she went out. And then she saw that there were small little vital entities which were doing mischief. Plenty such, you know, beings are there. Mother would call them vital entities, another, uh, you know, thought, spiritual mystic will say something else. But there are entities behind this universe, whether we like it or not. Again, it's not a question of a belief or non-belief. I may believe that the fire will not burn me, but it will burn me anyways. So there are entities and our belief or non-belief doesn't deter them from doing what they do. Lot of accidents are caused because of them. That's why you'll see there are places which are marked for accidents. And people say accident zone. Now you say, why? Because there are entities there. Formations are there. So she goes and sees there are little vital entities which are trying to, you know, destabilize the ship with the idea of, for them it's fun. Bad fun. Is for them it is equivalent to sometimes when human being it's you know very cruel impulses hit a dog and you know that is for them toppling a ship is like that same except that there is not one not one dog but number of them so it, they love to do it when people die they throw the vital they feed on it and go away so they try to disturb the ship and it's as if it's going to topple so she goes and sees them so what does she do that's what we are going to read. She just tells them, be calm. She could crush them. She has that power. But she replies to this violence by calm. There is a very beautiful movie I had seen where this aspect of Buddha was shown. Buddha is you know, regarded as calm. And in the end of that whole, I am forgetting the name of the film, it is a, of course, Japanese film. At the end, when the man returns, he is, you know, there is a lot of judo karate going on and he goes, ultimately the hero has been kicked and he goes up. But when he is returning, the villain on the, what is the name? Do you remember? Kung Fu? Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle. When he is returning from there, it's a villain is very happy. Ultimately, see, I have beaten him. A lot of story. Then he returns with Buddha's hand. 
So he is wondering what is this posture? I have never known it. This is, he is confused that this is not a striking posture at all. He returns with that. And as he comes, this man completely is devastated. He goes into a hole and there is the imprint of Buddha's hand on the sand. This power of calm and peace is tremendous. This should not be confused with outer professing of non-violence which um, our great uh, people have said. Non-violence. There is a difference between Buddha's non-violence and Gandhian non-violence. Gandhian non-violence is full of anger inside. But outwardly you are non-violent. That is not the way. Especially if you are a Kshatriya, you have to fight. But Buddha's non-violence is stay inwardly immobile. And there are so many stories of Mother and Shirobindo where and then because of your inner calm and peace, that force which is coming to destroy you turns back upon itself. There is a wall of stillness and it hits and goes back. And when it boomerangs, you know what happens with the boomerang? When it boomerangs onto you, you can be devastated. So this is that posture where you are so full of calm and peace that it has a ripple effect upon everybody and all the creatures become calm, peaceful and they lose that tendency. That's how Shubindu describes in one of his aphorisms that the tiger does not attack a yogi. Real stories. We know Alexandra David Neal, we know Shubindu and the mother's life, we know even the white tiger. Tiger still may not but king of serpents not attacking her. And we know that in Raman Ashram it is known that you know even uh, ferocious creatures, it was a mountain. They lose their instinct for because that atmosphere is so powerful. So this prayer is, as always, uh, very revelatory. On board the Kagamaru, March seventh, nineteen fourteen. March six, it's Geneva. She has sailed further. Thou wast with us yesterday as the most marvelous protection. So divine is protected. She's telling, it was, I am so grateful. Though she is the one who has gone down and done all this. <laughs> but this is called divine humility. Thou hast permitted thy law to triumph even up to the most outer manifestation. Because inwardly it's possible to change things. But outwardly, how do you appease that which is violent, angry, full of hatred, jealousy? How do you appease that? In the most outward form. Inwardly, one is angry, one thing. Outwardly, one is shouting, screaming, throwing up a thing on you. So, outer manifestation. So, how did the divine law triumph? Now comes the process. Violence was answered by calm. Violence was answered by calm. Brutality by the power of gentleness. These are what today we call as soft powers. And it is recognized world over that ultimately soft powers are the one which are, uh, in the long run, they are what makes even a successful entrepreneur. I mean, this is what, you know, if you have a hard power, gone are the days when you push things through. Soft powers, compassion, kindness, gentleness. And they were tremendous, you know, impact upon the world. And sometimes these impacts can come back in strange ways and you can see it in the world for instance our Tata buying the <laughs> Air India it was his but you know it was taken away 
that time 78 i think and now it comes back why because the man was like that thinking good of people and you know how they can be so when we have that attitude when we have that right attitude it has a power to change circumstances much later the mother would say if you can remain inside immobile and calm even the arm of the assassin will drop that is the story of prahlad but you have to remain immobile it's not like you are immobile and inwardly what if he starts doing something i'll find that way of running but mother has said remain calm so that doesn't work inwardly immobile outwardly you may do something you may still actually run but you are inwardly calm with that clarity that not no harm is going to come to me brutality by the power of gentleness and where there could have taken place an irreparable misfortune thy power was glorified it could have been irreparable people would have died and you know uh, shipwreck is the worst way because you know the water is so cold even if you are an expert swimmer few seconds you will get cramps because water is so cold i mean some rare experts can probably you know do it that's why they have the life boats but if you drown you drown it's like you can't just save yourself thy power was glorified o lord with what fervent gratitude i saluted thy presence because all becomes calm subsequently there will be a phase of turbulence and when there is turbulence we must remain calm what we do is we start vibrating in the same tone mother says that when people get angry why do you respond with anger so when we somebody is angry we respond with anger then we lose that one opportunity for our progress second opportunity for the other person's progress and third we complicate things endlessly and fourth worst we close our doors to progress by justifying naturally if the person is angry i will respond like that so we have lost a wonderful opportunity to progress how to do it mothers very human play towards the future i recommend people to read it how in the face of something which uh, can be very hurtful she chooses the way because that's life it grows evolves things change today somebody is your companion tomorrow the person may part that's how life is but instead of you know all that bitterness anger hatred malice revenge whatever it is like okay you release because nothing really belongs to you and you release you let it move so it's requires a tremendous inner development to do that it was for me a sure sign that we would have the force to act so she has taken it that yes this works once it happens that force develops within us so all life is an opportunity to develop if once you have faced turbulence and anger and all this with calm and forgiveness and gentleness then it empowers us people don't realize they think you are losing authority no you are actually gaining authority over yourself which is what is important to live to think to live in thy name and for thee because she has invoked the presence and this is the result not only in intention and will but effectively in an integral realization so it involves the outermost manifestation and so it is so wonderful
So this is what she is revealing to us that the divine presence, calm, can change gentleness, but not outward gentleness we have, you know, but harboring things inside. It's not about that. To inwardly remain calm, immobile, be gentle, be kind. This is a Daivi quality and if we foster it within us, then it is a tremendous impact and power even, even upon outer things. That doesn't mean outer things will now take the course of my wish and fancy. Yoga is not about my wish and fancies and desires. But every time we meet with an obstacle from outside, whether it be elemental energies as in you know this um, situation or from human beings, attacks from human beings, if you remain calm, eventually you will uh, see that the path will open and ascension toward the victory. This morning, my prayer rises to thee because that night has passed, night of turbulence. So what does she pray in the morning? Her heart is filled with gratitude. This morning, my prayer rises to thee always with the same aspiration to live thy love. She is not asking, oh, there are such wicked people, forces in the world. Give me the strength to bulldoze over them. No. She says, live thy love. This is love. Those beings who could have toppled and because they are bound by their law. So she speaks about love. To radiate thy love with such potency and effectiveness that all may feel fortified, regenerated and illumined by our contact. That is the path. The path should be such that as we grow in consciousness, whoever comes in contact with us should feel fortified, strengthened, their angers appeased, quietened. This should be the effect of a yogi. And then she asks, to have power to heal life. How beautiful this one little thing is. Not power to heal diseases. Diseases are mental conceptions of human beings. They are the end result of the disorder in life. So she is saying heal life. What is the suffering of life? Life suffers. Aches, pains all through. Diseases, first there will be symptoms thrown, then doctors pick up, crystallize it as disease. She is not asking right now to heal diseases, but to heal life. And if we can heal life, then we take care of the rest. The real inner disorder. To have power to heal life. For instance, there are people who are bitter inside. Then what happens? After some time when you are bitter, 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 then you have those gallbladder, liver problems. Huh? So why? Because bitterness. So then you go to a doctor, then you have a magic healer who will heal your liver problem. No, it's about the bitterness that one is carrying inside. To have the power to heal life. To relieve suffering, again, not pain, suffering. Pain, of course, but suffering is what we create, add to it. There is pain because there is a contact of something which we don't like. But suffering is our own generated reaction to whatever experience we are having. Regenerate, to generate peace and calm confidence. To efface anguish and replace it by the sense of the one true happiness. So this is what we receive when we go 
to ashram and those of the inner contact when we come in contact with the mother when we pray to her aspire to her we see that slowly she removes all these things effaces the anguish and replaces it with calm confidence and true happiness the happiness that is founded in thee and never fades the whole world is in search of happiness so but where to find happiness we are trying to find it here there but the true happiness which comes through contact with the divine presence and that happiness nobody can snatch away oh lord oh marvelous friend oh all powerful master how she addresses master friend lord penetrate all a being transfigure it till thou alone livest in us and through us so even the smallest event or an outer event becomes a one the trigger for an inner discovery and not only discovery aspiration and the final realization because she realizes well it can happen there are people who have experienced miracle of grace in life they forget it or they will keep recounting oh, you know what i had this grace all right then this grace what does it come to show us that grace can do things which we cannot even imagine so why not find that grace and become its instrument and channel and eventually one with it so she is showing us that way that the intervention was seen effective even in the outermost details so now she doesn't want to halt she says oh this is possible she she is gone far beyond but i am just as a human little you know oh this is possible okay so wonderful so this is what we should seek and not only seek it with all the ardent aspiration along with that whatever is interconnected calm to generate calm to generate peace to generate true happiness to radiate that love to become that love and eventually to become one with the master of our destiny the lord the friend so that he alone lives through us so this is the beautiful prayer i'll just read it and then we stop on board the kagamaru march 7th 1914 thou wast with us yesterday as the most marvelous protection thou hast permitted thy law to triumph even up to the most outer manifestation to triumph even violence was answered by calm brutality by the power of gentleness and where there could have taken place an irreparable misfortune thy power was glorified nothing is you know fixed in a way that it just cannot change the divine intervention can completely change things irreparable misfortune that's how she is describing it thy power was glorified o lord with what fervent gratitude i saluted thy presence so when this happens our heart should be full of gratitude how often we forget or just explain it away once again fill our minds with doubts it was for me a sure sign that we would have the force to act to think to live in thy name and for thee not only in intention and will but effectively in an integral realization this is the sign she takes so whenever in our life when we get immediately an answer 
to the call. It is self a sign that the doors have been opened to us. That's how she describes it. This morning my prayer rises to thee, always with the same aspiration to live thy love, to radiate thy love with such potency and effectiveness that all may feel fortified, regenerated and illumined by our contact. To have power to heal life, to relieve suffering, to generate peace and calm confidence, to efface anguish and replace it by the sense of the one true happiness, the happiness that is founded in thee and never fades. O Lord, O marvelous friend, O all-powerful master, penetrate all our being, transfigure it till thou alone livest in us and through us. So the entire direction has been given. And a reminder that next time, first of all we should never have, if we live in that consciousness, there are many things which will just be averted without a knowledge. But if ever in life we face such things, adversity, adverse circumstances, even dangerous, imminent catastrophe, then the right response is inner calm, turning to the divine with faith and trust. And then the intervention will come. She says, you know, when an accident took place in car accident, so she described it graphically. What happens when people see a vehicle coming from front? There is a risk of accident. What is the first response? <laughs> what is it? We are projected outward and we are hit. The right response is coming. Ma, ma, ma. You'll, she says, it will touch you and go away. Maybe there may be a small little scratch. Big thing gone away in small. But if you project yourself outside, then you become very vulnerable because then you are at the play of all the forces. So in every accident, this is a two-fold process. One is something which is coming from outside. Second is our inner state. So this is the description of an accident which could have led to a great disaster. And by answering it with calm, of course, she has gone down and violence with peace, even violence in material nature can be answered with peace, with calm, rather than with doubt, despair, anger, complaint, grudging. Instead of all that, just to invoke the divine peace and love and to become more and more the instrument of our love. Namaste. Namaste.